Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome in Jay Binkley with Nolan Brooks producing the operation. Good to see you, Nolan. Got to work a little bit together during the holidays. Good to see you on this uh, festive uh, Tuesday night. It's Tuesday, right? I forget now. It doesn't matter because it's all about the playoffs. It's all about the National Football League playoffs. And the Chiefs were off today, back in action tomorrow. We heard from Andy Reid yesterday, but you didn't hear anything today from the Chiefs. A couple days off for the Chiefs. They'll get back at it on Wednesday. And then, of course, they'll play this weekend. This weekend's games are going to be a lot of fun. I like how the NFL does this. The Super Wild Card Weekend, sign me up for it. I like having the two extra teams. A couple games Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. I've always liked the divisional round the best. Because then you had the two just best matches, best four teams in the AFC and NFC going at it. I still like that weekend, but man, Super Wild Card Weekend's going to be fun. If we thought we had fun last weekend... When there was nothing at stake, and in some games there was everything at stake, like the Raiders and Chargers. I had so much fun watching that game. Just the highs and lows, they getting up in a tie. Who knows? Who knows what was going to happen? The way that game unfolded, and all of a sudden the Raiders are the other team in the AFC West to go to the playoffs. Who would have bought that for a dollar? Like at the beginning of the year, if I told you there's going to be two teams in the AFC West going to the playoffs, and I asked 10 people, Combination, obviously, everybody's going to take the Chiefs. If I said two teams are going to the playoffs in the AFC West, probably been the Chargers, man. Probably been the Chargers. Broncos wouldn't have got any love. Doubt the Raiders got any love at all because nobody knew what was going to happen to the Raiders. I mean, total implosion, lose a head coach, two of their first round picks in 2020, top 20 picks in Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs gone. Obviously, you know the situation there, but they had the Raiders in the playoffs. Wouldn't have signed up for that. Wouldn't have thought the Chiefs and the Raiders would be the two participants in the AFC West. That's like it's tough for the Chargers, you know, to be sitting there and maybe have that opportunity. All you got to do is beat the Raiders or even tie them going down the stretch. You take a stupid time out there toward the end. Who knows what the Raiders were thinking? They could say they were trying to win that game, but I'm curious what the Raiders would have done had the Chargers not taken that time out. I mean, they, no one will ever know. We'll find out in a couple of years, probably when players retire, we'll find that exactly what the thinking of was of the Raiders, but if you're the Broncos, they're looking for an owner. Now they're looking for a head coach. GM's in place in George Payton. How are you going to compete in this division? Like you're looking up at this division right now if you're the Broncos saying, all right, how do we compete? Because Chargers do have Herbert. Chiefs do have Mahomes. And then all of a sudden you have the other team in the AFC West that's actually in the playoffs in the Raiders and Derek Carr and the Raiders. 
I don't think you're concerned about the Raiders if you're the Broncos. I think they are concerned about the future years of Herbert and Mahomes in Kansas City. That's why Eric Bieniemy, when his name was listed as one of those guys that could be interviewing with the Denver Broncos, it makes perfect sense. They went defensive mind. Yeah, they're going to interview Dan Quinn from the Cowboys and everybody else, but they're going offense. Typically, teams do it. You go defense, then they're going to go right back to offense. Good luck finding the quarterback because I don't think that quarterback exists. James Palmer, NFL Network, over at uh, on uh, NFL uh, on the NFL Network, gave the update. You heard a lot of this yesterday, but it's kind of just uh, where the Kansas City Chiefs sit today, going in tomorrow with the injury situation. Having all your weapons around your quarterback is extremely important, and that's why we're keeping an eye on three of them in Kansas City, most notably Tyreek Hill. Remember, he played very sparingly against the Broncos on Saturday night because of a heel injury he suffered pregame, and it's something that has bothered him in the past. Now, Andy Reid gave this group actually off from Saturday until tomorrow. Now, he's been resting it, and they feel like it's heading in the right direction, and if they anticipate right now for Sunday... They believe that he is going to play. Then you look at the backfield, and Darrell Williams, who's played very well, a 1,000 scrimmage yards this season, out of the backfield, catching and running the football. Hurt his big toe in this game. He did not finish the game. They're going to monitor that as the week goes on, to my understanding. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who injured that right shoulder against the Steelers, Andrew, missed the last two games because of that shoulder issue. They're going to monitor that. They think he's heading in the right direction, but this has been something they've been kind of watching him progress over the last couple weeks. Would like him to play in this game, obviously, but those are injuries we're going to follow throughout the week. The most confidence, it seems, is in Tyreek Hill going, and obviously he's a player unlike very other any other in this. And I heard Sean O'Hara of NFL Network saying last night, he brought up to Charlie, he was looking forward to matchups, and he got the Chiefs. They probably asked everybody to be different, so he got the Chiefs and Steelers. But he didn't bring up the fact that Chiefs are playing with one hand tied behind their back, and they still kicked the Steelers' ass. They did. And I remember after that game, sitting here doing the postgame, everybody was like, eh, you beat the Steelers. So the Steelers were in the playoffs at that point in Week 16. And now all of a sudden, the Steelers are in the playoffs. So know that magic number of the Chiefs being 1-4 and four against teams in the AFC in the playoffs? Not anymore. They're 3-3 three and three versus playoff teams. 6-3 and three, if you add the three NFC uh, wins the Kansas City Chiefs have teams that are in the postseason because twice this year people kind of poo pooed the win actually three times but Washington of course didn't make the playoffs but they did beat the Buccaneers but the, the Eagles game was poo pooed oh the Chiefs should beat the Eagles uh, the Chiefs you know go out and, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers but yet there we are those teams are in the playoffs and the Chargers everybody's darling is not in the postseason you know the Messiah Justin Herbert not there to face Mahomes and again it's the second year. The second year, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> he was collecting a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl MVP with already an MVP under his belt. Yeah, he had that one start at the end of the year when they started the JV in 2017. But his first full year, MVP. Second full year, Super Bowl, Super Bowl title. Justin Herbert's first two years, same situation as you and me during the postseason, chilling out, grabbing a beverage, grabbing chips, and watching the playoffs because that's exactly what he'll be doing. That's why I've been saying give me Burr over Herbert any day. But the bottom line is the Chiefs and the Steelers. Now the first game, and you got to mention, if you're going to talk about this this game being played before, Pat Firemuth did not play for the Steelers. Okay, Travis Kelsey was 10 times better for the Chiefs, didn't play that game either. Tyree Kill had come off the COVID list the day before. Two catches in the game. He was relatively irrelevant in that Steelers game. The Steelers were beaten by Chiefs backups and practice squad players for the most part. 
Three of the top four receivers in that game against the Steelers just a couple weeks ago, three of the top four receivers undrafted. Top two running game backs in that game, undrafted. Top two tacklers in the game, undrafted. Ben Neiman, remember him? He tied for the tackle lead with DiCaprio Boodle. Say, who's that? Well, it's a guy that's been on practice squad most years. He's back on the practice squad. Came up for that game, led the team. Didn't have a punter, kicker. They brought him in. They still beat the Steelers by 26, a team that's in the playoffs. And the Steelers don't do a lot well. I come in here on every Tuesday with uh, Carrington Harrison, and he was asking me, you know, kind of where, where the Steelers, you know, have the advantage. What do they do well? They do one thing well. They get to the quarterback. It's Blitzburg. They have 55 sacks in the season. That leads the NFL. That is the one thing they do well. And T.J. Watt was a little bit banged up the last time they played the Chiefs. Remember the rib injury? But he still played 55 snaps but wasn't effective. But their run defense is 32nd in the NFL. Teams are gashing them. A lot of times going well over 200 yards. That's why when I hear the injury report for the Chiefs with Clyde and Darrell, like they need those guys back. Because if not, Gordon McKinnon are probably going to go off for big games. The Steelers can't stop a cold. Now watch them go out and stop the Chiefs running game. Now that I say that, because that's the way things work. But they're 32nd in the NFL. We left about the Chargers and how bad that run defense. The Steelers are worse. 32nd. Steelers couldn't run the ball last year. So they spent the 24th pick on Najee Harris at Alabama, thinking that would change things. Well, he's 3.9 yards per carry. They're 29th in the NFL in running the football. They can't do that well. They don't throw the football downfield well. And Big Ben is like a stone in the pocket. And again, if he loses to the Chiefs, he rides off into the sunset. He's going into retirement land. Whether that's broadcasting, hanging out with family, whatever he does, he's going out. Don't expect him to be spitting out of tackles and scrambling and throwing the football last second like you see so many quarterbacks do. Don't expect him to do what Mahomes does or Carr or Herbert or Burrow when they wiggle their way out of pressure. That's not Ben. He doesn't do that. He goes straight down. Ladrius Sneed on nickel blitz, touches him, he goes down. So I'm looking forward to this matchup with the Steelers. I think it's perfect for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's perfect for fans. You get to chill out, watch the games on Saturday in the AFC. You find out if the Bills beat the Patriots. That's the Chiefs' next opponent. Um, is the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City at Arrowhead. I'm sure that a lot of people, including the Kansas City Chiefs, mainly want to avenge that loss for the, versus the Bills. Josh Allen 0-2 against the Chiefs this year. Beat them in Kansas City. That's not when Kansas City was playing well at that point. I'm sure the Chiefs want another shot. And Andy Reid wants another shot at the Buffalo Bills. They were embarrassed that game. You know, there's a couple games that have gotten out of hand where Mahomes has lost by more than one score. Obviously, the Super Bowl, the Bills game, and the Titans game. Now, you might say, what do the Steelers have going for them besides the sacks? Again, that's their most relevant part of their game, getting to the quarterback. They can do that. It's, Mahomes could be running around a little bit, and they're going to rely on this offensive line to protect them. But the Bills, or excuse me, the Steelers do have three wins that are rather impressive. They beat Buffalo at Buffalo. They've beaten the Titans. They've beaten the Ravens. All three of those teams the Chiefs have lost to, that the Steelers have won. The Steelers weren't counting on getting to the postseason. Hell, I'll play it for you in a little bit. Mike Tomlin fell asleep during that game once the Raiders had the lead because the tie in Pittsburgh's not in the postseason. They're on borrowed time. They've been too hesitant to hit that reset button because they know they're going to have to hit it. I thought they were going to hit it last year when they had 17 free agents and losing Bud Dupree. But then all of a sudden, Juju comes back. Now, their offensive line all retired. Or they got rid of him or didn't bring him back like Villanueva. They had to rebuild that offensive line that's been terrible at this point. 
but they didn't hit the reset button. It's like they're getting the most, just getting, just squeezing every last drop out of Big Ben. And he's done. He's done. Once this game, he's done. Now they got to find a quarterback. They're like a lot of teams, like the Denver Broncos. Well, I actually like the Denver Broncos situation. I know they're not in the postseason. I actually like their situation better than Pittsburgh because I like their roster better. But again, where are they going to come up with the quarterback? Russell Wilson can't play everywhere. I personally think Russell Wilson ends up with the Giants. And who knows? They fired Joe Judge today. Gettleman's gone as GM. Could that be a situation? I know Steve brought up the possibility. What would you say with Dorsey and EB as head coach, Dorsey as GM, Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator? Who knows? Who knows what, what direction the Kansas City Chiefs are going? But the Chiefs, when you look at this team, who else do you fear? Because nobody had that dynamite game to wrap things up in the final game of the year. Buffalo was struggling with the Jets at home. Yes, they got the win. They pulled away late. But like seven minutes left in that fourth quarter, that was still a game. Cincinnati got beat. I mean, who, who's that team? Patriots lost the Dolphins. They didn't really care because their seed wasn't really changing. But who was that one team that you say, man, that team was great? Maybe the Raiders? But that was, a, that was a sloppy game for the Chargers. They were getting fourth downs all over the place. Finally, luck ran out for the Chargers. What team do you really fear? I'm going with the Chiefs because of the potential they have, putting things together, because I do think their most complete game was that Steelers game, and that was without a lot of their starters. That was the COVID game for the Chiefs. Experience, 100%. Two straight Super Bowls, an AFC title game, experience matters. When you get to the postseason, you understand the ramification of it. You understand the speed of the game. Everybody's cut up to speed. You know what the goal is. The Chiefs are now in this different mindset. They're like Kansas trying to get the Final Fours. They're like the Patriots when they kept trying to get the Super Bowls with Tom Brady. That, that's the only thing that matters. And you heard Kelsey after the season going to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Bucs. That burned them. Their goal is to win the Super Bowl. Chiefs don't have the fear. Put the full game together as I think something they're going to be looking for once again with the Steelers. And they've really shed that mantra from being a finesse and soft team. That they're a hardcore, they're a hitting football team. And I think if you're a team, you do not want to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. Maybe you disagree. 913-576-7610. Coming up next, though, because we'll talk to Ron Kopp during the show. We'll talk to him at 630. 730 Block Brewery, because we're doing a special beer release on Friday night. Il Padron. Anybody can come. We've partnered with them to create a 610 uh, beer. Il Padron, uh, a playoff pilsner going forward. Center Block Brewery in Northland. We'll talk to their owner and their brewer coming up at 730. On two guys in a brewery, a little special edition since we're going to be live at the brewery doing the show on Friday night. So we'll talk to them as well. But coming up next, today is an anniversary, a very important anniversary for the Kansas City Chiefs. I explain next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Big at Night. From the text line 816, talking about the Chiefs offense. The question is, why do you think the Chiefs offense sputters the way it does? I responded with the quick, well, statistically, they don't. And we responded by the text line, which I appreciate you uh, chiming in the program on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. Stats can't tell you everything, which is true. I tossed on this team for 18 weeks, show they're rarely as explosive as they used to be, right? Well, let's, let's look at the reality here. Let's look at reality versus myths. Play mythbusters, so to speak. The Chiefs' offense this year averaged 28.2 points per game. The 2019 Super Bowl champion Chiefs' offense averaged 28.2 points per game. Exactly the same. Now, the Chiefs also averaged 48.2% scoring average in the NFL, highest in the NFL. That means 48.2% of the times they got the football, they put points on the board. Higher than any other team in the NFL. Pretty good. Only 168 drives. Tied for fewest in the NFL. They averaged 6.9 plays per drive. Number one in the National Football League. So what those stats tell you is that teams did adjust. Two high safeties. They forced the Chiefs to be more patient, more methodical. They were. Hence, Chiefs lead the NFL in more plays per drive at 6.9. And they score up 48.2%. But yes, the 2021 Chiefs averaged 28.2 points per game. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs averaged 28.2 points per game. I think oftentimes you watch the Chiefs in a microscope, and that's the team you're concentrating on. Obviously, you live in Kansas City. You're curious about the Chiefs, what they're doing. But try watching some of these other teams sometime and see their struggles. Did you see the Buccaneers that were the highest scoring team in, the, in football a couple weeks ago lose, get shut out at home 9 to nothing to the Saints? You guys would have lost your collective minds if the Chiefs lost 9 to nothing on Monday Night Football to a team that was under 500 like the Saints were and a divisional game. Maybe they lost twice this year to the Saints. One third of the amount of divisional games Andy Reid has lost since 2015. Number one in the NFL, points per drive. They averaged 2.71 points every time they had the football. Highest in the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs, 2.71 points per drive. 
Steelers, 24th in the NFL, 1.7 points per drive. So, yes, the, the 2020 Chiefs averaged 2.74. The offense was clicked better. 2019, the Chiefs' offense averaged 2.59 points per drive, well under what the 2021 Chiefs are. And by the way, the, the Buccaneers last year that won the Super Bowl averaged 2.72 points per drive. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs, 2.71 points per drive. So it's all in a matter of perspective. It's all in how you look at it. And I'll be honest with you, the main thing that, that's held them down, again, we can look at what the Chiefs' problems were, which they did. They, they, they weren't as crisp and as clean as what you wanted most of the times. But this is not a Chiefs' problem with some, some bad play. It's an NFL problem. Like Nobody's been consistent, and especially in the AFC. You know, everybody's had flaws. I mean, you look up and down the uh, AFC playoff teams, and like almost every single team was considered the team to beat at some point. Now, I'm taking the Raiders out of that equation because I don't think anybody looked at the Raiders and said that's a team to beat. But for a while, everybody claimed the Patriots were the team to beat coming down the stretch. The Chiefs have been called the team to beat. The Buffalo Bills have been called the team to beat once they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Titans have been called that because they beat the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. The Bengals started getting some run when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs as the team to beat in the AFC. Again, you take the Raiders, you throw them out. But it's, who's the team to beat? But yet, the team with the number one seed has probably the quarterback you would want least in the AFC in Ryan Tannehill. I think all the other quarterbacks would do damage with that football team in Tennessee. So yeah, the Chiefs have been efficient this year with offense. You may not realize that but in the defense, had that run there, that eight games, and held the last 10 games. They've averaged given up 16 points a game. I will say this. They've won five of the last six playoff games at Arrowhead Stadium. And, by the way, their last five games at Arrowhead Stadium, they're only giving up 8.8 points. There were some people that didn't care about the seeding. <laughs> hey, who cares about the Broncos game? Just be healthy. Well, it doesn't matter. It matters the fact you kept the number two seed and you get the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're not going on the road. You didn't slip from one to, to four by, by losing that game. Obviously, the Titans win, so the one was out of the equation. But even that game got close with the Texans and Titans. So, yeah, seeding does matter. You want to play at Arrowhead Stadium, you want to play the week of the week. I mentioned uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and something fun that happened 52 years ago today. The Chiefs became world champions for the first time. It was January 11th, 1970, and we all like plays, like, like the infamous play with the Chiefs. Do we have time to run Wasp? And they did. Well, before that, and if you're an old-school Chiefs fan, you remember 65 Toss Power Trap to Mike Garrett, a former Heisman Trophy winner who actually gave out the Heisman Trophy this year to Bryce Young, the first guy to ever run for 1,000 yards with two different teams since the merger. He did it for the Chiefs and the Chargers. Mike Garrett recalls, that famous play that was run 52 years ago today, 65 Toss Power Trap, and here was his thoughts on it. I do this football and barbecue podcast, and COVID kind of interrupted things with it, but I had Mike Garrett on there to talk about that play. Lynn Dawson recalls this play, and they all talk about it. He's talked about this many times. NFL Network or NFL, uh, the actual NFL, called the 74th greatest play of all time. So, hmm. And it involved you. It was the 65 Toss Power Trap. And it became famous because Hank Stram's mic'd up. It was Hank. He was being Hank. You get the call. I don't even think you were touched. 
getting in the end zone. But I was raised by by the um, by the middle linebacker, but no, they they barely touched me. But I, it was what was frightening. We're in the we're in the huddle. We're trying to we're inside. I think they're inside. We're inside their ten, more like the, maybe they're set the seven yard line. And we're trying to figure out what we're going to do because Minnesota had a great defense. The Purple People Eaters were awfully good. And here comes Gloucester Richardson, and and we're all looking to see what Hank had sent him in. And he said, 65 Tufts Power Trap. And we all looked at each other and said, you got to be kidding me. Somebody's going to get killed here. It's going to be me, you know. And uh, so He didn't like the play call at all. Huh? You didn't like the play call. No, because it, it, it was a deception play. Uh-huh. And uh, as you know, in deception, if no one buys the buys, oh, they don't the buy you. Get creamed. The, you they, they crucify you, right? So Dawson said, "65 toss fire trap," and I heard someone else say, "65 toss fire trap," and I said, "Yeah, me, me too." And he says, "Well, let's we're going to run." And I said, "Let's run," and I just hope to God they take the influence, and they did, because they're a great defense. First movement, they reacted and overreacted. Went inside, and we scored. And I'll never forget, got in the, in the, in the uh, end zone. Otis came and hugged him, lifted me up, and I jumped in his arms and all that stuff. But part of it was, you survived, you survived. <laughs> but and just a part, just as important, too, was the fact that given, getting another seven points with, with the nine, now we're up 16 to nothing, well, I think 16 to nothing at that time, and I said, there's no way they can beat us. There's no way they can beat us. And we're just holding on holding on each other and saying, unbelievable. unbelievable. We were saying some other things, too, <laughs> that I want to say in the radio. But both, I just, I loved Otis, and we were just, you know, we just had a romance right there in, in the end zone. It was fabulous. Just fabulous. Mike Garrett's a true treasure. This guy was the AD at USC. He's the one that hired Pete Carroll. He's had a great story in football, and again, He's always up there at the Heisman Trust. He went to, went to USC because of OJ. And he's always up there at the stage for the Heisman Trophy. He actually presented it this year, as I said, to Mike Garrett. Met his wife at the Super Bowl parade to have ties back here in Kansas City. He lives here now. I mean, this guy's a real treasure uh, to Kansas City. He's glad to get a story on really one of the most famous plays. A top two famous plays. Number 74 NFL lore as far as top plays in the NFL. But time to run Wasp. If you're newer generation, or if you're old school, 65 toss power trap uh, for the game. Hank Stram mic'd up for this game. A lot of fun, but a true treasure. Coming up next, though, Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. We'll dive into the Steelers game. What do they do well besides get to the quarterback? We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big at Night. Time to check in with the lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com. And don't forget, Arrowhead Pride Radio comes your way with Pete Sweeney, myself, and uh, Ron Kopp, 615. He chimes in with us each and every week. But joining us now, lead analyst for Arrowhead Pride, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P. What's up, Ron? Hey, Jay. It's football. It's playoff time, man. You I'm, know what? It feels good. It feels good to be in the playoffs. No, it does. It does. But you kind of knew we were going to be here at this point. Now it's time to get the second <laughs> season our way. Uh, sorry I'm late. I was reliving the majesty of what happened 52 years ago today, Ron. 
because like, your generation, yeah, I saw your generation, different deal. You remember Wasp? Do we have time to run Wasp? And then there's the generation that even predates my generation that remembers 65 toss power trap. What, what mic'd up players and everything? I mean, it's it's where it all started. It's where it all began, Ron. Yeah, man. I I remember as a kid watching the America's Game. You know, I love that series. By the way, you know, you could watch any of them, no matter if it's your team or not. You know, the NFL Network hour long thing, and and the recent one was good too. But yeah, I, I it's the only way to really kind of know about the 1969 Chiefs as a, as a youngster like me. So uh, yeah, the six five top tower trap, man. I I know all about it. And think of all the Hall of Famers that were on that team, from Willie Lanier and Bobby Bell and and Emmett, 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 or, uh, Emmett Smith and Lynn Dawson and Jan Stenner, Hank Stram, Lamar Hunt. I mean, Lamar Hunt, excuse me. It was such a team, and you wonder why how they couldn't rack up other titles. But that was the Chiefs back in that day. All right, Ron, looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I actually like this draw for the Chiefs. I think it's a good draw. you got a quarterback that's uh, ready to head to Tahiti. You've got a team that wasn't sure it was even going to be in the postseason. Things broke their direction. They are, even though they almost weren't, uh, with an unprecedented tie that we almost saw. But they can get to the quarterback. Carrington asked me what they do well. I said that's what they do well, obviously. 55 sacks, number one in the NFL. But the Steelers are the worst run-stopping defense. Three spots higher than the Chargers, as bad as that run defense is in L.A. Steelers are worse, which you don't think about. 29th in running the football. They were dead last the season ago. They draft Najee Harris, still find themselves 29th in the NFL. They don't win the battle at the line of scrimmage. Am I missing something they're good at that they that you think they are? Well, if you're talking about one thing that, that they will, you know, they will hammer in this game, and, and they've tried to all year is, is get the ball to Deontay Johnson quick, right? Uh, he he's a very underrated receiver. He's one of the actually probably the most underrated receivers in the league. You know, if he had a better quarterback, we might be talking about him as one of the best. But they um, still had Juju, it'd be a big difference to give him three, Tim and Claypool. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, and and just uh, the thing with Deontay though is that I, he wins so well after the catch, and that's you know Big Ben wants to get rid of that ball quick, right? You know that's always been a key. You talk about the offensive line, it's exactly why, uh, you know, along with Big Ben's, you know, mo- uh, immobility this year. But, yeah, they want to get the ball out quick, and Johnson's the kind of guy that can make anybody miss in space. You know, he'll break you off on a route. You know, it seems like they love to run those, I call them a, a whip route where you fake a slant and then pivot back outside. And, and, yeah, if you're in man coverage on that, man, he can really shake you off and, and get tons of separation. I think he's going to be a key to them in this game. Yeah, Najee Harris is, is a great player and probably is, is what they need to run their offense through, although I think they need to get him the ball in more creative ways. I feel like they, they kind of just run him up the middle, and you already know it's not going to work with your line. Hell, they ran Chase Claypool three times last week. Yeah, and, and so Claypool is more of a, a, a go-getter, although they do use him as a, as a you know a yak guy, too, around the line of scrimmage. But I just, I'm just i really impressed with Deontay Johnson this year. I really think that's their their, their best you know offensive weapon because it would be Harris, Najee Harris, if he had a line to block for him. So I, I, if I'm the Chiefs, I really focus on taking away Deontay Johnson this week. Take away Deontay Johnson. We'll throw the ball quickly. The Pittsburgh uh, Steelers uh, pass offense, uh, ninth in the, or excuse me, uh, pass offense, 15th in the league, 29th in the league at, at, with the run offense. Scoring, they're not good. 20.2 points a game. So only scored 16 last week. They do not score a lot of points. They get to the quarterback, don't score. But I will say this. 
And yeah, you have to look at the situation and timing where the Chiefs played them. But the Chiefs lost to the Ravens. Steelers beat them twice. Steelers hammered the Bills in Week One, where the Bills were, you know, actually playing as maybe one of the best teams in the league. Beat them there, and they beat the Tennessee Titans this year, albeit without some of their horses. But they still won the game. So three of the Chiefs' losses, they beat three of those teams. I know the, the Steelers and Chiefs are kind of opposite, right? Where the Chiefs are just losing to every good team, and then you know they they beat the teams they should. And it does seem like the Steelers tend to play to their competition. That's always kind of been a Mike Tomlin thing. Uh, you know, if they're playing a really good team, they seem to always keep it close, keep it competitive, no matter how good they are. But if they're playing a team like the Lions, they, they tie somehow. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the thing with the Steelers, you mentioned them, they were missing some of their horses for some games. Well, that's exactly the case uh, for just this game in terms of the, uh, who they're missing from the, the first game in, in this Chiefs-Steelers matchup. Because they were missing, you know, t- first of all, T.J. Watt played, but Man, he was very banged up. I think we all figured that out kind of after the game. And you could see during the game. Yeah, with the really, ribs. His ribs were really bothering him. His snap count was still good, though. He's like 55% snap, so he still got out there. Yeah, and exactly. But you you know he wasn't at 100%. No. And that's probably why Wiley wasn't exploited as much as he, as he could be this week with a healthy Watt. But also you talk about Devin Bush didn't play because of COVID. And then tight end Pat Fryermuth, who's been a pretty good weapon for them on offense. That's an, He's kind of one of their underrated weapons. He's a rookie tight end. He actually, the week before, had that, that concussion, if everyone remembers, and, and couldn't play against the Chiefs. He's back, and so, yeah, if, if you factor all those guys in, I, I mentioned Devin Bush, too. Yeah, they, they had some key players missing last time, so I do think, you know, you shouldn't just look at last game and be like, okay, that's that's the team we expect. They will be, you know, I, I think they'll be able to give them a little better game this time, I would say. Well, the funny thing about it is, they did beat the Titans this year, 19-13, and but the Titans, without Derrick Henry, still ran for over 200 yards. Like, if the Chiefs build up a lead, it's going to be ground to pound. And we don't know about Clyde's situation. We'll find out more from Andy Reid tomorrow. And then the toe of Darrell Williams. But this could have been huge games for them. It still could be big games for Gore or McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I think the Chiefs need to really focus on running the ball. I think this is one way they could kind of use this week. You know, obviously no one's looking ahead, right? you got to win every game. But in terms of... You, you mentioned at the top, man, this is a great draw. You know, the Chiefs team knows this team. They just, you know, beat them. They're up 30 to nothing in the third quarter a few weeks ago on this team. I really do think this could be a game where, yeah, you get up to an early lead maybe. You know, you win that opening possession and maybe another one after that. And, yeah, I mean, you coast. You, you, you coast in this game, right? You, you try to make this game still close to that, to that bye week you were hoping to have, even though you blew it <laughs> by not winning games down the stretch. But, yeah, I, I think this is a perfect opportunity, and, and especially you mentioned T.J. Watt, man. That's the perfect way to, to, to take advantage of, of him getting up field and stuff. Just run the ball up the middle, you know, neutralize his pass rush. Don't let him expect the pass to be coming. And I mentioned Watt, too. Alex Smith, or Alex Highsmith, excuse me, on the other side, the, the edge rusher. He was giving Orlando Brown trouble last time. So they, they do have some dangerous pass rushers. So I, I, I do think the Chiefs need to game plan to run the ball and take that take that away from the Steelers. Well, and the good news was Trey Hendrickson had 14 sacks with the Bengals. He couldn't get through when the Chiefs were down to number three. Uh, left tackle moving Tooney to the outside. So they did limit him in the Bengals pass rush, which was seventh in the NFL when the Chiefs played him as far as getting to the quarterback. How would you describe the uh, physicality of this team? Because, you know, before you hear the word finesse all the time with the Chiefs, like, I don't hear those words thrown around anymore with this team. I, It's an attitude with this, these linemen like Reed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Orlando Brown. They're like the pancake people. It extends to the defense with 
with Melvin Ingram likes to bury people because he plays angry. How would you describe the physicality of the Chiefs at this point? It's kind of funny, though. I think we all, you just mentioned it right there. I mean, we all kind of see that they are this physical, you know, with this, with this attitude and can really, you know, bully people at times. I think bully is a good word. But the thing is, I still feel like we haven't seen that actually come to fruition in terms of actually truly bullying a team with this offensive line for an entire game in terms of running the ball downhill, right? I still think, you know, and, and I know these last few weeks maybe Andy's not showing his best stuff, but it, it does seem like they still just rely too much on these outside zone runs where not, we're not getting downhill. It's more horizontal runs and vertical runs. And I really think that's the way you can take advantage of this physically imposing line that I really think we do have. I really think this is one of the, the lines in the NFL that will really kick a team's butt like more than any other team just physically and, and, and wearing you down. The Chiefs just still don't buy into that, which I totally understand because you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey. No one wants to be running the ball over and over or, or relying on the run when you have those kind of players. But in the postseason, that could really help out. It could really be a chance to, especially a team that, you know, needed that bye week, man. I, I really think this Chiefs team, you know, these veterans are going to be, are going to, are kicking themselves that they didn't get that bye week for them. No team has played more football over the last three years. And so I think running the ball in this game could be a way to kind of relieve everybody. If they can just rely on that, they can kind of lean on it without having to, you know, exert too much energy throughout this wild card game. That would be ideal. But, you know, no guarantees, man. It's the playoffs. You don't know if that's, if it's going to go that easy. What do you think about the offense? Because I brought up the stats earlier. You know, 2.7.1 uh, points per drive. They're averaging 28.2 points a game, the same number they had when they won the Super Bowl in 2019. I think a lot of those early season turnovers kind of changed the complexion and kind of how we look at this team. But what would you say they're at clicking with the offense at this point? It seems like it's clicking, right? I, it really does seem like these last three games, ever since that Chargers game, that fourth quarter, that overtime period where Mahomes and, and obviously Travis Kelsey as well, they both just clicked and turned it on. Ever since then, it does seem like the offense is kind of doing what it wants, right? It's kind of getting what it needs. The Bengals' second half obviously wasn't that, but that, that really was just missed execution more than it was, you know, not being able to get anything going. You know, Travis Kelsey dropped the ball on second and nine, and, and, and Mahomes misdiagnoses a blitz on third and five in the red zone, those kind of things. Yeah, I, I think the offense is is back to a point where we can all be confident we're going to see the best version of them to an extent because this team, you know, when I say the best version of themselves, I mean this year, they don't have that second wide receiver like a Sammy Watkins. And I really do think that's going to be something that we, you know, hopefully it's not, you know, after a loss, but I do think there's going to be a time where in this postseason or after the season where we look back and say, man, if they had a second receiver, you know, this wouldn't have happened or we'd still be playing that kind of thing. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, McCole Hardman had a good game against, against the Broncos. We've seen Byron Pringle do some stuff, but no one on this team, wide receiver-wise, besides Tyreek Hill, has truly proven they can have that same effect that Sammy Watkins had in the, in the playoffs. And that could really be the downfall, man. These defenses want to take away tra- Travis and Tyreek. Someone else has to step up. So that's the main concern for me going into the playoffs. And when you look at the uh, offseason acquisitions, James Palmer over at NFL Network, said he was talking to some Broncos coaches before the game, the Chiefs and Broncos, and they were calling Tooney one of the best off-season acquisition. Obviously, you can look at Trey Hendrickson with the Bengals, and there's been some other big transitions, but it makes a lot of sense considering the kind of wisdom he could impart to Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith in some of these younger guys because he is the only guy in NFL history to start in the Super Bowl his first three years in it. 
Yeah, that stuff matters, right? And and that might be an underrated thing we, we don't talk about enough with two rookies becoming basically, you know, you know, more than just capable starters. I think, you know, Creed Humphrey is obviously one of the best centers already. But, yeah, Joe Tooney might have something to do with that, right? I think Joe Tooney might have something to do with their development. You know, Andy Heck, the Chiefs offensive line coach, obviously deserves a lot of credit. He's always been one of the best. But, yeah, I, I think Joe Tooney should deserve some credit. And the thing with Joe Tooney, you talk about that contract. Yeah, people wanted to maybe complain about, hey, why are we paying a guard, you know, top guard money when we've succeeded with kind of low-level investment in that position in the past? Well, when your left guard can go out and play left tackle, and as you mentioned earlier, not allow one of the best passers in the league to touch your quarterback for a game, that is when top guard money is worth it, right? Because he's not just a guard anymore. He's a guy you can plug and play at left tackle and be confident. You know, it's not, it's not some crazy idea that's going, to turn, that's going to look like the Super Bowl last year. It's going to look competent, and that's why Tooney's worth the contract. He's really paying off so far. All right, there's seven job openings right now in the National Football League. Joe Judge uh, lost his job today as a Giants head coach. Eric Bieniemy, is this the year he gets a job? I saw that he was the favorite to land a Vikings job at this point, at least. Um, but at least, it, it, you know, Vegas knows what it's talking about, so at least there's some little, there's some interest there, I would, I would think. Um, yeah, I, I hope so, man. I, I'm not banking on it because, you know, this coaching cycle is always weird. You know, Dave Toad's a good example guy that was in the coaching cycle for, you know, a few years at least, and all of a sudden you just don't even, you don't even consider him anymore. I think the enemy is starting to get to that point where maybe, you know, at some point he's not even going to get considered, but obviously it's not this year, I guess. He's still getting consideration. I sure hope so, man. I really do. But yeah, it's hard to know. It really is hard to tell. Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com. We'll hear from them tomorrow at 615 on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron, this is second season. This is where it all matters. This weekend is just ridiculous with games. I mean, this is, you know, do all your honey do's this week so you can chill out this weekend. Pass Bill Saturday night is, is going to be the, the most watched of the weekend, in my opinion. So, yeah. Play 10 degrees. Yes, exactly. Let's go. Play and they will throw the ball, I believe, because the wind won't be bad. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you, know, you don't want to guarantee anything, Jay. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to guarantee anything. Thanks, Ron. Ron Kopp, Lee Daniels, com. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Ron. All right. Appreciate you, Jay. There you go, Ron Kopp, right there. Coming up next, I mentioned James Palmer in his discussion. Is Joe Tooney the best offseason acquisition in the NFL? We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Big Night. Andy Reid was asked yesterday his overall impressions of this offensive line so far. Yeah, well, I tell you, um, they, they've done a nice job uh, of working through, um, or getting familiar with one another. Um, and so, um, you know, that's, that's important. I, I like the production that we're getting. Um, we've got to step it up even another notch. Um, um as as we go here so but they've got they're in the right frame of mind i I think andy's done a nice job with them just like brendan daly's done with the defensive line i mean i know they're veteran guys but sometimes it's hard to get those old veteran guys together than as the other ones but brendan's done a great job with the defensive line so as you know i i'm i I know how important it is um when you get in the playoffs that those two groups are really are really playing well it was a top focus for the Kansas City Chiefs right after the Buccaneers game, probably even during the Buccaneers game. They've got to fix this offensive line. It was it was chore number one. And you have two rookies starting on this offensive line. You have Creed Humphrey, <laughs> better grade than any center in the National Football League as a rookie. You've got Trey Smith up there doing his damage. They make a deal for Orlando Brown. He's starting in the Pro Bowl at left tackle. They go out and give Joe Tooney more money than any other guard. But James Palmer said something interesting today on NFL Network that uh, some guys, especially some coaches for the Broncos, thought that Tooney was the best uh, offseason move in the NFL. I've talked to some coaches before that Broncos game, Andrew, and they really believe Joe Tooney coming in at the left guard may be one of the best free agent signings this offseason in the entire league. He has given up one sack in 805 pass blocking, blocking snaps this season. One sack. That's it. And he has been tremendous in the locker room as well for their two rookies that are on this offensive line. You heard Aditi talking about the importance of rookies understanding the playoffs. He's going to play a vital role this week, to my understanding, in helping out Creed Humphreys, their starting rookie center, who is the only center that has a pro football focus grade for the season above 90 in the NFL. And then Trey Smith next to him. These three guys, Aditi, are the only ones above Patrick Mahomes in terms of snaps for this Chiefs offense. So they rely on them heavily. They're out there every single snap. And they believe Joe Tooney, what he has done, not just from how he's played, but has leadership with these young guys, is extremely important. And that interior against Cam Hayward, Aditi, very, very important to keep Patrick Mahomes clean. You know, offensive linemen don't get a ton of credit, but what Tooney showed you is he moved up to left tackle. Now, he had said he had played right tackle a few years ago with the Patriots. They needed him. Orlando Brown went out there, warmed up against the Bengals, had to go back in. Lucas Niang gets injured. Boom, they had to make a decision. They moved Tooney to the outside. Allegretti goes to guard. And Bengals don't get a sack with the seventh-best sack uh, pressure team in the National Football League. Didn't do it. Like, Tooney's been a big influence. And again, he's the only guy in NFL history to start his first three seasons in the NFL and play in the Super Bowl because he did it with the Patriots. Let's say he didn't win them all, but played in the Super Bowl his first three years. Could add another one this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, what's his influence been? I think it's you know time maybe to appreciate what Joe Tooney has meant to the rookies. Again, they overhauled this line. 
left tackle in Orlando Brown that was a right tackle and then got moved to left tackle when Ronnie Stanley got hurt from the Ravens. Totally different offense. Run-predicated offense. Goes to Kansas City in more of a pass-heavy offense. And look at him. He's gotten better and better as this year's progressed. Two rookies starting on the offensive line, especially at center with Creed Humphrey. What are you going to do? And they still have other backups. That's what stood out to me the most, just how deep this team is. You could throw Allegretti in there that started a Super Bowl as depth on this line. And don't forget Austin Blythe has played in the Super Bowl back when he was at the Rams, had more snaps at center than any player in the league. The previous two years, forget the Kansas City, hadn't played. Kyle Long came off the injury list. He's with the Chiefs, hasn't played. There is depth up and down this offensive line. Now, people should get some comfort in the fact that she's pretty damn deep at the offensive line. That was project number one for Brett Veach, and I think this has been a hell of a year for Brett Veach. And I know he's not getting consideration for GM of the year, which is insane to me. Toughest draft in the history of the NFL because there's no combine. Totally. And then getting medicals. Some teams are complaining they weren't getting medicals up until the draft. Yeah, you're going to have your Cornell Pals. There was Cornell Pals all over the league. Fourth, fifth, sixth round receivers, defensive backs that didn't make the team. That was a problem. But he trades for Orlando Brown, got left tackle, signs Joe Tooney, drafted two guys that are starting on the offensive line. Oh, by the way, gets Nick Bolton on defense, who's made a difference and won a game. Oh, and we're talking about what you do at the trade deadline. How about Melvin Ingram and what he's done for this defense? That's an A-plus job by Brett Beach this year. So take any comfort you want, because you always hear about the Breedland Speaks and other picks. This year was fantastic for Brett Veach. It's a big reason why they're at where they're at. Coming up next, though, Mike Tomlin. Spoke today for the Steelers and was quite humorous describing the last time the Steelers played the Chiefs. We'll discuss that next. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.